And welcome to another episode of the Guys with Feelings podcast, where two guys discuss the ideas, influences, epiphanies, and yes, the feelings that make them better men. My name is Jamin Yee. And I'm Gabe Rose. And today we have a special guest with feelings, Andrew Dunn, who is now exploring a new name, Ava Rose. Ava is an SF-based conscious entrepreneur who's dedicated to healing humanity's relationship with technology. Ava is also passionate about community building and leveraging privilege for social change. Ava, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm grateful to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's really good to have you here. So there's a lot of things that we could dive into with you. Uh, we're definitely passionate about community building, definitely passionate about having more humane relationships with technology, but... I feel like there is a juicier topic at hand. Yeah, let's do it. It's my first <laughs> time talking about gender fluidity over a podcast or really anything in public. So awesome. a little nervous, excited. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. those are great feelings to have. Um, yeah, so today we're going to dive into Ava's journey exploring gender fluidity. And uh, before we get into that, I just want to put a little disclaimer up top. Um I am semi-versed uh, in and familiar with this topic, but not fully. And with that, I may uh, maybe not use the right terminology at times uh, or the right pronouns and things like that. And uh, I will definitely uh, try to do my best. But uh, is that okay with you? Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate your saying that. We're all learning, so um, I'm not worried. Cool. Yeah. And please feel free to correct or adjust us at any time because, uh, yeah, I think this will be a great learning opportunity for all of us. So. Will do. Awesome. Thank you. So, yeah, I guess just to start things off, um, uh, what pronouns do you prefer to use? Thank you for asking. <laughs> so pronouns are complicated. Right now, I'm feeling out she, her, hers. Mm -hmm. But honestly, there have been times where they're, they're all fine to me. Well, not all of them, because there's like dozens, but mm -hmm. the he, him, his, they, them, there, and then she, her, hers, none are really triggering to me, if you will. Like, mm -hmm. I, I have noticed more that when people refer to me as like bro, man, guy, it, it, it kind of strikes me as like, oh, huh, like, do I feel like that? And when I hear she, her, it's a bit more exciting. Mm -hmm. So I'm just noticing that and, and seeing how it goes. But yeah, it's, it, it's, it's funky. Cool. <laughs> I'm just learning in real time that there are dozens. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think list. I knew about like Z, which is right. Like, one, but like, what are the other ones that a lot of people wouldn't know? Offhand, I I don't know beyond Z, but there's other variations of consonant E that mm -hmm. uh, that are popular in various places. Great. Well, okay. I will try my cool. best to use she/her. Uh, and, and you would like to, to go by Ava or Ava Rose. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like an Ava these days. Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just to start things off, can you tell us a little bit about this name shift from Andrew to Ava? For sure. So probably about a year ago, I started having thoughts about, you know, what would it be like to go by a different name? And this was before the gender exploration started. That's only been happening for about six months. Mm -hmm. And I remember trying to figure out, like, okay, what would be symbolic? Something that also starts with an A. I thought about my Hebrew name, Avraham, and like maybe it could be Avi, but I wasn't really feeling that. And then I kind of just forgot about it. And then it was actually at Burning Man a few weeks ago where I, I, I was seeing that Burning Man was a big milestone for me because whereas over the last six months I had been stepping into these more fluid or feminine expressions for minutes or hours at a time. Burning Man was like, I could just be that all day long. Mm. And uh, so I was I was checking in with myself and really feeling like this older identity, Andrew Murray Dunn, was was starting to phase out, dissolve, and this newer identity was being birthed. And what do we call that person? <laughs> and um, swear that uh, a yellow parrot had just landed on the railing of the art car I was on and then flew away. So I guess <laughs> an parrot, actual parrot, an actual parrot. It might have been a, uh, a canary. <laughs> Which I think is a sign of something, <laughs> but um, breaking. Yeah, free. it was it was an actual parrot, and uh, so then a few minutes later, I was like, "Yeah, okay, new name. What is it?" And I was going through like Andy and um, you know Avi again, the Hebrew stuff, and then mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh, maybe like a spiritual name." Like I'm thinking about like flowers or like lavender, and like okay, what about animals, birds? And then I guess the aviary theme was kind of present, and yeah. I I wrote Ava, and I was like, "Oh yeah, like I really resonate with that." 
And then the Rose part comes from uh, my, my grandmother. Her name is Rose. And uh-huh. I, I don't know. There's just something about how I could combine a name I have chosen for myself and a name that honors the feminine lineage and a name that honors the masculine lineage. Mm-hmm. And so Ava Rose Dunn kind of was just like, yeah, that really works. So I went around the next few days going by Ava and then after Burning Man, just kind of, kind of, yeah, wanted to keep trying it on and seeing how it felt. And uh, yeah, still, still a little scary to use it all the time. Yeah. Cause like I've never changed my name before. Sure. So, um, you know, I don't want to like go back on it. And then I don't know, there's all sorts of feelings around, um, maybe how I'm perceived right. in this exploration. But uh, yeah, I'm starting to share it with more people and feels good so far. So yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, I will be happy to call you Ava for yeah. uh, throughout this Thanks. interview, if that feels good for you. Feels great. Awesome. Ooh. Great. Okay. So let's kick things off. And, you know, I'd love to hear about how this whole exploration of gender fluidity even started. And maybe, you know, maybe some of our listeners are even wondering, like, what is gender fluidity? Yeah, let's see. I I don't even have a precise definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I've, I've come to feel like I don't fit into the binary gender constructs that we have on the menu in male, society. Female. Like, you're assigned male at birth, and then this whole life is kind of prepared for you with with all the baggage and whatnot. Mm. And yeah, I mean, this, this wasn't on the menu for me until really just a few years ago. Mm. So in a way I mentioned that this journey started for me six months ago when I was kind of actively exploring, but I imagine that, you know, this goes back to like when I was born and things that happened during childhood. And, uh, but, but I'd say exploring sexuality five years ago, was was probably a big milestone in terms of feeling feeling like there was something a little different about me and there was something to explore. Um, there was some bi curiosity, some confusion over who I was romantically attracted to and sexually attracted to, and so that that gave me permission to explore. And what's kind of cool about that is, for all the the harms that technology has um, inflicted upon us, right? Technology was a huge enabling force in me learning about sexuality and later gender and also Mm. connecting with people like dating anonymously uh, in a way that I might not have been able to, if those mechanisms didn't exist. Right. Um, A way to find community, things like that. Right. But, but yeah, the gender thing kind of came out of nowhere. Like not once did I really question my, my gender identity. And Hmm. I want to bring up this concept of the gender unicorn, which is that, um, yeah, so we don't have this binary of gender, binary of sexuality. There's actually a number of uh, uh, ways to look at this. There's mm. there's gender identity, which is your internal sense of self. There's gender expression, which is the physical manifestation of how you dress, how you speak, your mannerisms, pronouns. There's sex, which is your actual chromosomes, and there are people who are intersex. Mm-hmm. There's sexual... Um, and within sexual orientation, there's who you're romantically attracted to, who you're emotionally attracted to. So all those things are a spectrum or maybe, you know, some more complex continuum and they are fluid. They can, they can change. And so like nature, there's infinite possibilities. There's not just, you know, assigned male at birth. So you are heterosexual male attracted to these people and, you know, carrying all the societal baggage. And right. yeah, like, that that's just such a new concept to me and it really took befriending people in the trans community to see different expressions of gender and hear people's stories for me to start to question kind of where i'm at like what do i feel internally Mm. and is there a truer expression of andrew or ava that i've been repressing and i i don't know if i would have been able to come to those conclusions had had not been for some various personal growth experiences that opened my mind and helped me get into my body and um, yeah, really, really bring awareness to my uh, like, you know, my desires and my, my fears, my biases. So yeah, it's like there were, there were dozens of random events that transpired for me to just think in my head, Oh, 
maybe I'm somewhere on this spectrum. And then from that place, like, what do I do? Well, thank God for the internet because I can read <laughs> blog posts. I can connect with community. I can yeah. date. I can, you know, play around with, uh, yeah, with all different types of expressions. And so that's kind of what the last six months have been. It's been trying different things, kind of feeling how I like them, you know, and, uh, and, and spreading that wisdom outwards. That's probably my favorite part. It's that I didn't have any visibility into this world mm -hmm. growing up. So most of my peers don't either. And I found that through this exploration, I've been able to educate people in, in really great ways. And, you know, I, I get feedback all the time about how inspiring that is and, you know, how courageous and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's been fun. I feel, I don't know, like I'll see someone at a party and they'll be like, what happened to you? <laughs> like you're, you look so much happier. You look sparkly. And like, <laughs> you, you know, um, whatever you're doing, keep it up. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm just being more myself. <laughs> oh, that's always fun feedback to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Looking yeah. more sparkly. It's a good one. Yeah, um, I'll did, take it. did you grow up in the Bay Area, by the way? No, I grew up in the suburbs of New York. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. And how long have you been out in California for? Four years. Okay, nice. Yeah, I feel like that's um, what you're touching on is, is sort of one of the great triumphs of the internet is allowing communities that are whatever you want to call it niche more quirky more more weird not weird in a pejorative way but weird just like an unusual right non-mainstream yeah to yeah. to connect and actually form communities i mean pre-internet you could be in a town or city of 50 or 100,000 people and it'd just be impossible to find someone else that was exploring the same thing or you know sort Absolutely. of had similar interests and so that's been an amazing i mean it's also like allowed like the alt-right to like <laughs> or like incels or whatever like there's a there's a darker side to that too but it's um it's i feel like one of the the great triumphs of the internet that we, that is probably underappreciated under celebrated yeah. yes and in addition to being able to just connect with people virtually i i think there's so much power in uh like validating that your feelings are real and giving you permission to to try things to go out to create safe spaces be leaders in your own community um, especially in this, uh, uh, for, for trans people there, there was such little visibility until the internet. And then suddenly mm -hmm. you had, you know, blog posts of how one transitions and, um, people were seeing photos of, uh, I mean, now there's like YouTube stars who are gender non-binary, gender non-conforming with millions and millions of followers and kids who really admire them, uh, have role models and, you know, you, you really can't be what you can't see. So it's it's so helpful to you know if if your school or your religious community or your parents aren't showing you these examples mm. now there's another way to to connect with what might be true for you right yeah this is why media representation is so important mm. right like uh you know we were talking about it in a different context with, with crazy rich asians mm. <laughs> and just and and thinking about it in context of of race but in terms of gender sexuality in, in so many different ways uh to see modeled for you like oh there's other people who are like me and think like me and i'm 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 not crazy for for feeling this mm -hmm. way belonging belonging yeah right and it's interesting i i really hadn't thought about because it feels to me i don't know if if you would both agree i mean it feels like over the last maybe five years or so trans issues have moved super fast like in terms of in mainstream culture and people coming out and people transitioning um, that may just be a perception that's not reality, but at least from, from where I said that's my perception. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't, if that's true, I hadn't really thought about the internet as such a huge accelerant or potential accelerant and factor in that until you just said what you said, which makes a ton of sense to me. Mm -hmm. I will add, though, that it's not like trans people haven't flourished and been safe and witnessed and seen uh in other parts of history wait did i say not sorry i'm not very good at double negatives <laughs> <laughs> well andrew's not good at double negatives ava is good at double negatives. <laughs> there you go <laughs> what i'm trying to say is that throughout history in different mm -hmm. cultures um lgbtq has uh been tolerated celebrated um what what a friend shared recently um that was really interesting to me is that a lot of indigenous cultures around the world, especially in the United States have names for a third gender. Hmm. Um, what a common one is two spirit. And 
it's not that they see two spirit people as sacred, um, but they they believe that there's there's some gifts there that these people can cross a fundamentally huge divide in in the universe, the the masculine feminine, and so they uh, they they may have gifts to cross other divides too, like the physical and the spiritual realms and things like mm-hmm. that. And they believe that if spirit took the time to make a person like this, then we should take time to learn from that person mm. and, and study them and see, see what wants to emerge there, what wants to be expressed. Mm. So there's, yeah, it's just a different type of uh, acceptance. That's cool. I like that. Do you, speaking of, you know, crossing like divides and do you feel that exploring gender fluidity has allowed you to do that in some ways? Yeah. I, I do feel like I've gained a sense of empathy for some of the experience of what it's like to be a woman in, mm. you know, in California in 2018, at least. Um, and that's been exciting. I feel like that can only render me a better partner, coworker, stranger. And yeah, I'm excited to, to continue exploring that. Yeah. And uh, and I'm curious, you know, what what does exploring gender fluidity look like? Is mm. is that, you know, I guess some of it can maybe be, you know, with uh, with pronouns and names. But um, what are some other examples of like how you've kind of been exploring this? Yeah, it's a funny thing because you can go on blogs and read a list of 100 things to do. Right. And I've been slowly knocking off some of those off the list. But there's there's issues in doing that, too, because the things that we perceive as masculine and feminine often have a lot of baggage behind them sure and so it's not just about me trying to figure out what it's like to be a girl it's like uh yeah like what what is the true expression of self what feels good to me um like where where's stuff that i can release kind of shed things that don't serve and and claim things that do or reclaim things that do so honestly like a big part of this is what does it mean to be masculine? Like, hmm. I don't really know. <laughs> I, I was, I was uh, socialized in a certain way. Right. Um, some of that was toxic. Some of that wasn't. And so I, I do feel like I'm in the process of shedding and claiming. And so um, I'm trying to lean into both and see like, what actually, what do I work well with? What feels good? So to answer your question, um, I mean, just like six months ago, I wasn't wearing rings and uh, bracelets and earrings. And, uh-huh. you know, there's this, you know, this was from like the women's section of the store, even though it looks kind of androgynous, but it feels good. I gotta say, like things like yoga pants, <laughs> check them out. Feel great. <laughs> Feel great. And and seriously, like they really, at least in my experience, get me into my body more. Hmm. So like my yoga classes, I'm so much more focused because I don't know. I feel good. I'm just more attuned to, um, to my body. Hmm. What else? So fashion or how you dress, how you express yourself. Yeah like is can be a big part of that yeah absolutely and as you pointed out names pronouns Mm -hmm. um mannerisms i feel like i haven't experimented with too much i feel like i've always had a softer gentler side to me Mm -hmm. so maybe it's it's just been kind of being more comfortable with that side of me and and feeling that out same with voice it's i feel like this this is maybe more my natural voice whereas 10, 15 years ago, going through puberty, I was trying to have like a more, I don't know, like bro voice type thing. And like, you know, like things like that. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> yep, trying yeah, to have sure, a more yeah, bro yeah. voice. You yeah. know what's, <laughs> what's funny I'll say about that is like, I just, I had this little realization recently. It just like clicked for me this one conversation I was having where like, I actually caught myself when I was talking to someone who sort of like, I guess I felt like, like having that little bit of a broy tone would like make the conversation mm. work. I caught myself like slipping into that tone and it was so interesting. <laughs> yeah. I like, I didn't actually know that I did that until like a few weeks ago when I caught myself doing it. I was like, Oh, that's cause like, I'm not, <laughs> I don't identify as a very broy person in general. I think. Yeah. Probably Jamin would probably like agree with that assessment, <laughs> but, um, it's like but yeah, it's like interesting the, with. the ways in which we all like quote unquote code shift or whatever. Right. Hmm. Yeah. And we yeah. all do it. I mean, I, I notice that if I'm around, let's say a quote unquote masculine guy, 
and I'll notice, yeah, I'll notice like myself changing my body language, changing yeah. how I talk to kind of, kind of like, I don't know, shift into his level a little bit. Um, which feels funny, right? I, I'll definitely use the word man a lot more. Mm-hmm. Probably do more like back slaps or whatever. <laughs> um, and I don't like it. It feels to me like I'm losing my center of gravity. Mm. And instead of just staying where I feel comfortable, I'm like acquiescing or, or molding myself to someone else. And it's to an energy that I don't even fully resonate with, which is mm. a little funny. But yeah, yeah. yeah. we've been there. Yeah. <laughs> one One thing I... I forgot to mention that's really important to this journey and I think very unique. Mm. Um, so, so on a like very high civilization scale level, we sense that, you know, the last few years there's been more dialogue around the masculine feminine imbalance. Um, you know, sometimes we'll talk about Shakti Shiva, yin yang, mm. and, um, you know, there's uh, various women's empowerment movements. And I, I've spent my last five years working in early stage startups in Silicon Valley. Um, and, and that's started to have the lights shown on it for, you know, all the ways in which toxic masculinity is manifested right. in different parts of the business model and the culture. Right. And I, I was really sensitive to that. And I, I don't think I could name it at the time. I worked for a number of companies, like five and five years, and they weren't all, you know, bad experiences by any means but i did sense the kind of the pain of this venture model that uh rewards what we refer to as more masculine qualities and i i i didn't really feel like i didn't feel good about that so i had my ear to the ground always for people who are thinking differently about org culture and about business model design and in the last year a couple interesting movements emerged that were really striking to me one is called zebras unite that was started by a group of women trying to offer a, what a more ethical and inclusive approach to startup creation might be because hmm. if like we're living in the 21st century dominated by tech companies and business as institution is something we all relate with and is very influential then how we're doing that will will be expressed in the things that we create and then consumers consume and it's really going to create society so hmm. if it's mostly created by straight rich white dudes who hire people like them who invest in people like them and right. you know blah 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 um we're gonna get a certain flavor and we're seeing that that flavor um you know has its benefits and also has its costs yeah and so what would a more really like feminine version of that look like that's more sustainable than exponential growth is more collaborative than hyper competitive and zero-sum game is more intuitive than logical and mm. it was just really interesting it was like oh cool all the stuff on the zebra side of the ledger, they use zebras because zebras are a real animal. They're black and white. They're more collaborative. As opposed to unicorns. Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Unicorns are the bros of the <laughs> animal world. It's like, what are the odds that unicorn would be like become a broy thing? That seems <laughs> counterintuitive on some level. But. Right, yeah. Maybe it's uh, repressed desire to gender bend. I don't know. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, all that sounds really good. Uh, I, if I ever start a company, like I want to start doing those things. And yeah, I just, I just started to identify with, oh, cool. I'm proud of my, um, my qualities that are more feminine. And that just made me feel more comfortable with talking about myself in, in those ways and exploring what else it means to be feminine. Mm. And there was this other, uh, feminist business school called sister the website is sister.is and they put up a graphic that was like if uh, a masculine economy that we've had for the last few hundred years is defined by these things like materialism individualism competition ego blah blah blah, what would a feminine economy look like and it was like you know nature connection and uh, gratitude abundance like all these things and it was like oh wow i love all those things you know <laughs> i <laughs> love all those things too. again we have to be careful of like reducing these things to just like a, a gendered thing right. even though that's what humans do like language blah blah, blah. Right. but um but yeah it was just like wow okay cool i'm all about that like i really feel that is a more balance there is a solution to a lot of the problems we have or at least part of the solution mm. and yeah it was just comfort with this style of business made me feel more comfortable with um with exploring the idea of gender and then at like 
like zooming back, there's a really cool quote that I heard a few months ago, and it was like, I think it's a Baha'i quote or story that the bird of humanity has been flying with only its masculine wing for the last 2,000 years. And because of that, that wing has gotten really strong, aggressive, exhausted, and the bird's been flying in circles. <laughs> but now the feminine wing is starting to realize its strength and come into its own so the masculine wing can rest and the bird of humanity can soar. Mm. That's and beautiful. Yeah, right? I was yeah. just like, yeah. I feel like that that sums up a lot of what's happening around around the world. I mean, you know, the hearing today, like mm, Kavanaugh um, hearing. Yeah. So yeah, it's an interesting time. Yeah. yeah, it does feel like there's like a balance kind of being restored. And um, you know, I can only speak from my personal journey, but I, I do feel a lot of ways that my you know, the last few years, some of the biggest transformations I've been going through. I think one lens you could look at it is through the masculine feminine mm -hmm. or yin and yang, however you want to say it. But for me, I feel like a lot of my life I've been that just that one wing flapping overly mm -hmm. masculine, like overly goal oriented, logical, determined, just push, 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 make things happen. Um, and, and it was making me miserable yeah. and there was something missing. There was, I could, it almost felt like there's heart missing from that. And I, I just kept pushing and I, I was achieving my goals. I was doing all the right things and I felt more and more numb, mm. more and more cold. And then the last few years, um, I feel like I've been strengthening that other wing, right? And, and starting to actually pay attention to like what's happening inside me instead of just following my mind, like paying attention to my intuition. What, what does my body want and need? Listening more than doing, being yes. more than acting, That's right? Um, so many of these, opposite qualities and it's been i i feel complete like in, in a sense right i feel like there was an entire part of me missing and i was spinning in circles and now it's like ah some balance is being restored mm -hmm. and and it feels really good <laughs> oh I, I bet it feels good just to hear that <laughs> because we we have both energies and there's gifts to both yes and we've just been ignoring and shaming and repressing the gifts of one and celebrating some of the shadow really right. of the other, like unknowingly, it's just, it's how we've been socialized and yeah. yeah. Interesting times. Uh, I just, that all really strongly resonates. Hey, I just, I love the idea of a balance. I think that's, mm -hmm. I sort of have some thoughts maybe come back to there, but just in terms of what you're both saying, I feel like in terms of being more in touch with all of our different parts and in this context, sort of both our masculine sides and our feminine sides, I just think that's, that's something that has that is really actually universal like on some level like even the most masculine person in the world like somewhere in them there's like some little bit of connection to a feminine part right even the most feminine person in the world somewhere in them is like a little and i just think that's like that acknowledgement is just has potential to unlock a lot of just interesting self-growth and exploration and jamie you're talking about sort of like completeness or, or whatever mm -hmm. for a sense of completeness for everyone in a way that I think a lot of times from, from my perspective, a lot of our conversation about trans issues, queer issues, gender fluidity is like, oh, it's it's for people that identify that way, right? Oh, if you're mm. gender fluid or if you're queer, or if you're trans, like it's for you. And the rest of us, we're just we're just here to like say that's cool, like or that's mm. good or whatever, or it's not cool, right? <laughs> like mm -hmm. um, if you're on the other side, maybe the of the cultural <laughs> divide. But um, I feel like this point is is actually something that. Um, that is missed that like actually there's just there's a lot of um there's a lot for everyone to explore that doesn't involve mm. changing your identity obviously you can change your identity or explore change your identity but you don't need to change your identity your pronouns your sense of yourself how you dress mm -hmm. anything in order to do really what what jamin you were talking about and Ava, what i gather is some of the early parts of of your journey which is just to sort of check in with yourself and be like, what are my more masculine parts and my more feminine parts and how do they fit together? And like, how does it make me, me? Yeah. Well said. Yeah. And, and really, I feel like you, you could even drop the labels, right? Like I know maybe some, some guys would be triggered at hearing like the word feminine and, Oh, I have to explore my feminine parts. But if you drop the labels, it's more like, okay, here's one way that you've been showing up in the world. What if you tried like the opposite approach there? I feel like, if you apply that to a lot of other things like businesses or learning a hobby, mm -hmm. like the idea of like approaching, you know, the taking the way you did it and trying something different 
is is a no-brainer and and you could you'd be like oh there's definitely something i'm gonna learn something i'm gonna experience there but as soon as we drop in the labels masculine and feminine then it's like oh this stuff i'm allowed to do right. and will be cool for me to do and i'll get fist bumps if i do this and and this stuff on the other side of the divide no 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 that that'll that'll make me look weak or something exactly um, so the labels sometimes, yeah, can language. Yeah, language. <laughs> it can be very helpful and can really get in the way sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> this um, mythology of our civilization is yeah. so so strong. But you know, luckily, uh there's there's more tools coming online. Yeah. To to help us reverse that conditioning and yeah, explore what's true for ourselves. Yeah. So one one thing I am curious about is, you know, we're we're talking a little bit about the benefits of, you know, exploring opposite sides and different ways of being. Um, I'd love to hear, you know, maybe uh, more specifically from you, like, what has that looked like? Like in exploring a more fluid definition of gender, what about this journey has been awesome mm-hmm. and has been fucking cool? Yeah. I mean, I feel like personal growth gurus recommend that you do something that scares you every day. Mm. You want to do something that scares you every day? (laughs) (laughs) I got something for you. Yeah. There's, you know, every hour, like there's, um, yeah, that's, I think that's been really helpful to, uh, yeah, to give myself those challenges and, and to really build empathy in the process. Like Mm. not only to understand what it's like for someone who is transitioning or, or questioning gender, but also someone who is showing up in society as um, as a woman or with more feminine tendencies, and yeah, that's that's scary. And it's like, I'm lucky. I, I feel extremely privileged to be doing that in this time, in this place, mm. uh, connected to these communities. But I I understand that's that's not everyone's experience. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's it's really been joyful, like taking a dance class i never thought i would or at burning man uh some some guys on a couple of occasions approached me with with curiosity and and got emotional because what they were feeling from me was it was striking a chord hmm. maybe they they hadn't been able to share their own feelings with anybody or they were just really inspired and didn't uh like had not seen an expression of gender fluidity before so it was really cool to be like a walking teacher, a walking gift for people. And um, yeah, it just, it, it really feels like it's an important part of my path. And I'm excited to continue sharing the wisdom outwards. What else? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think all the self-expression stuff has been edgy for me the last few years. Mm. And it's still edgy. You know, any type of song, dance, moving my body, um, you know, trying a new haircut, things like that. Yeah. I, I've often felt a lot of shame around and kind of, you know, nervousness and really just afraid to put myself out there for fear of humiliation. And I think I think the gender stuff has has really helped me build confidence there. And yeah. How how and how has it been, you know? like making some of these changes, like even with a name change, has that been difficult to do or been scary? Yeah, it's scary because I've, I've never changed my name before. And I I think I commented that I I wouldn't want to commit, but then go back on it. And right. If you change your Facebook name yeah, and then change it again. Right. Right. Like, you know, what will people think? And having my friends keep track of, you know, where I'm at, uh, it is fun though, because in a way, I'm to use startup terms, I'm going through a pivot of my identity. <laughs> so this is how you know recording this in San Francisco. I, uh, yeah, it's the drop uh, pivot in there. San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Overheard. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's it, it. Feels it feels true. I I'm starting to wear different stuff, and I. I even I did this inner critic exercise recently where I was listing out all the things that my inner critic tells me like mm-hmm. oh Andrew you're not a good listener you you learn really slowly you know blah 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 and then I was like okay well what if I just flipped all of these and assigned 
Ava to the to the flip. So like Ava is a great listener. Ava, <laughs> you know, learns fast. Ava is expressive. And and then I would play with the pronouns too. Like she is a great listener or they are a great listener. And then just kind of feel like what's my gut on that? Mm. Does how's the gut feel about he, him, they, that? And it was just like a fun, fun exercise, but also a really great roadmap for this is the type of person I want to be. Mm. And I get to I mean we, we all get to do this every day. We get to walk outside and be whoever we want to, speak however we want to, express, have the values that we want to, and and act. But we, you know, we, we fall into um, a, a groove, mm. uh, which is probably a good thing because we, we want to be present for our moment to moment experience too. And, you know, collaborate with each other and not always be confusing each other. Like, who is this person I'm working with right now? Uh, they can't be a different person every day. <laughs> but at this time in my life, um, in my mid late twenties, and I, I, I feel I've been doing this personal growth and figuring out more of who I really am. And this is this is kind of the next layer of the onion. And I imagine there will be more layers. Um, but it's it, it's like it's a big enough peel where I can where I can tinker a little bit mm. and, and really, really, uh, yeah, feel into this person that I want to show up as. Mm. I, I have a, I have a random question for you. I, I'm really curious what has, you know, going through, uh, this transition and exploring this different side of you, how did dating look for you during this? Um, and has there been kind of a change before, during after what has that been like great question so i mentioned exploring sexuality a few years ago and i i quickly realized that i actually wasn't really attracted to um the masculine it was it was something about the feminine that was really alluring to me and i found that both in cisgender women and also in transgender women and that was really my first connection to the trans community, even though it was mostly through like casual encounters. Mm. And I, I couldn't really understand like, what is it about that attraction? And I, I didn't feel comfortable talking to too many people about it. It was, it was new to me. And I guess I felt some shame. I was not really sure like what my friends would think or something, but it was through reading blog posts on Reddit and stuff. I think one day I came across some, someone's claim that many, um, many cisgender men who are attracted to transgender women are so because they desire to be that. Hmm. And yeah, just that simple thought, that suggestion was like, oh, wow. Yeah, maybe, maybe there is a part of me that is somewhat envious of what it's like to embody femininity, like in internally and externally. Hmm. And, um, you know, that's a, total mind trip because <laughs> i i had never considered that maybe my gender would be different from the one i was assigned at birth because i didn't even know that there was this spectrum of that mm. yeah I, i've kind of spent the last few months figuring out more of myself but now i'm kind of feeling open to going out and dating and it's funny to fill out a profile and it's like yeah who am i presenting to the world who will be interested in me <laughs> and um you know i'm, I'm pretty open-minded uh we'll see yeah I trust that there are people out there. <laughs> Definitely. For sure. If I really, I was curious to know, especially as you've gone through this, sounds like more intensely over the last six months and really started to outwardly express yourself differently. Probably more people that are, you've probably been talking to more people outside of the queer community or trans community about this or people have been noticing and talking to you. So I'm curious with friends of yours, coworkers of yours, um, who aren't part of, don't identify as part of the queer community, trans community, and, you know, who, who want to be supportive. I'm curious what, what folks have done that's, or said, or sort of how they've reacted that's been most helpful to mm. you, um, or sort of felt the best, and what folks have done um, that maybe was well-intentioned, but sort of didn't, didn't really resonate or, or wound up being a little hurtful inadvertently, just for, mm. you know, some of our listeners out there who are, may have people in their lives they're trying to be supportive of, but, you know, don't always know exactly the, the best way to go about that. Great question. I, I don't think I've experienced too much of the latter. 
I'd say really 99% of people who I've shared this with are, are extremely supportive. I would say some, uh, you know, I, I mentioned it and, and that's it. And there's not really any curiosity, any like, Oh, like tell me about it. <laughs> and, um, I, I think that creates a little bit of like awkwardness sometimes because maybe I wonder, uh, if they don't feel fully comfortable with it or if they, I mean, maybe it's the ego in me and it's like, they don't care about this big thing happening in my life. Like, you know, they're so self-centered. <laughs> uh, but, but no, by and large people have been really supportive and asking me questions like which pronoun I prefer remembering to call me a certain name or asking like what name I'm enjoying these days and introducing me to other people who either they think not to make it like a, like a, like a race thing or something, but like are further in their journey or further behind in their journey. Mm. Uh, and, and I could benefit from talking to them or they could benefit from talking to me. Oh, friends giving me their clothing. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty great. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, it's, it's, I'm nomadic. Actually, it's been six months today that I've been on the go. Mm. And so uh, I've acquired lots of new clothing and it's really hard to have two wardrobes in one big Osprey backpack. <laughs> so I have to keep shedding, claiming, you know, uh, so lots of yoga pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just one pair. But yeah, I, I hope I can continue to be helpful, um, and inspire others. So it's really awesome to be talking on this podcast and I'm going to write some blog posts soon about this. And I'm starting to speak at more events through through my work uh, in the tech world. And I mean, I, I think one of the the coolest things about this is I, I really do believe that my my business thrives because of this hmm. gender balance among leadership. Um, I, I think it. I mean, people measure success in different ways, right? So you know, maybe in terms of profitability or user growth, like we we're not stacking up but in terms of high integrity and culture and trust and qualities that I feel are increasingly important in, in the business world and mm. just maybe more um, wholesome. Um, yeah, I feel very aligned and, and that feels great. It makes decision-making so much easier <laughs> and, and really doing the like day-to-day work just more effortless because I rely more on my intuition and my sense of my, my discernment, like what's right. And I also feel it, yeah, it, it creates trust. People, people want to work with us. People want to support us. Mm. And I, I don't think it's necessary to examine gender in order to, to generate that. But I found that in, in the process of, you know, sharing that vulnerability and showing up more authentically, it, it comes naturally. So I'm grateful for these challenges and the journey yeah. for, for what it's bringing. Yeah. You're flying with two wings. <laughs> this is what happens. We're all flying yeah, <laughs> together. The, um, the coming back to the balance point we we're talking about earlier too, and, and, and your sort of your hypothesis that for your own business and business in general, like more balance in terms of masculine and feminine is actually good for the bottom line or good for success of business is actually, I think a pretty good amount of research out there. Actually, yeah. on this point, there's like serious economic research that companies, I, I forget if it's just in Europe or Europe and America, or just America, but um, companies with 50 or 50 50 or close to 50 50 split with women and men on their corporate boards, like outperform like, you know, competitor companies that don't. Google had that big study about teams and effective teams that found just like the more women you add to a team, the more effective your team is based on their own like internal metrics of effectiveness. Wow. I think there's like, a lot of evidence we can see in front of our faces that more women in politics is making politics at least in, in, in some ways, important ways is pushing politics in the right direction. Yeah. So I just think that's, there's like a body of evidence building out there. That's like aligning with a lot of our natural intuition. And I just like, mm-hmm. I just, I really like this idea of balance. I think Jamie and I have talked about this before and maybe this, this gets us into controversial territory, but the, um, the whole like, uh, frame of like smash the patriarchy like Mm. it's never really resonated with me just because it feels so aggressive 
and it's just like it just talks about what you don't want it doesn't talk about what you do want um mm. but like this this theme of balance i just really i love that you use that word and i'm sort of like uh that's something i'm gonna think a lot more about because i think that's fundamentally things for your baha'i bird story i think like that that's like what we're missing in a lot of ways and i think there's there's so much to be gained from sort of getting more of it yes yeah. want to hear something cool and we can end on that so the company i'm leading it's called siempo it's a play on siempre always and tiempo time and what siempo is is it's a smartphone interface designed to help you balance your relationship with technology and we originally came up with the name as you know always being mindful of the time you're spending on screens and uh you know that that was cute and then it was also at burning man where i just randomly had the thought okay what does siempo really really mean to me like how am i relating it relating with it now two years after the fact and then within seconds it just came through that tiempo time technology the material the mechanical the masculine the logical siempre always the infinite love feminine mm. intuitive siempo is about balancing the two <laughs> and i am the embodiment of that that's awesome <laughs> i was like done drop the mic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's cool restoring the balance <laughs> one yeah. company at a time um uh, Sorry, go ahead. I just have one more question I actually wanted to... Yeah, no, just one thing I wanted to reflect is, um, I think just talking to Ava about this topic, one thing that comes to mind that, that didn't, that wasn't in my head like when we started this conversation is um, when you talk about exploring gender fluidity, I think, you know, before I almost pictured it as something like uh, maybe more akin to someone, let's say, um, being heterosexual and then discovering that they're homosexual, almost like a binary, right? Like almost like a mm -hmm. black and white, almost like a switch. And through our discussion, I feel like it's less about that. And it's more about uh, just letting letting down the barriers, these false maybe barriers that we've erected and, and told us, oh, we have to act this way or that way. And it seems more just a letting go of that. Like the word that comes to mind is freedom, mm. you know? Like uh, yeah. freedom to be as you are. Freedom if if you like... You know, if you like the color pink to be a man and say that's your favorite color, which it is Gabe's favorite color. True story. And right on. Yeah. <laughs> and I know like after actually we've brought Burning Man up a lot, which is interesting. And I would love to maybe <laughs> dive into that if we have time. But I know like after Gabe's first burn, he came out of that being like, you know what? I love the color pink and I'm going <laughs> to embrace it. And he like was wearing it all the time. And he, he just like is like, I love it. And. To me, like when gender fluidity and, and maybe for any listeners listening, I don't think it has to be something like we were saying earlier, like, oh, that's for some other people. Like, I think maybe, you know, it's, it's more just these ideas we have about how we're supposed to act because of our gender. Like, just letting that be more fluid, letting the walls come down and not not having to adhere to, to things so strictly, you know, freedom. Freedom. I love <laughs> it. Yeah, that that resonates with my experience. Mm. I, I feel a lot freer and in every sense mm. and that feels wonderful yeah that's beautiful um if i was wondering maybe if to, to close or bring us close to closing i was wondering you talked about sort of a lot of the the online resources and community you found as you were sort of starting this journey and continuing this journey that were so that sounded like were really helpful and impactful to you was curious if you had any suggestions for anyone that maybe be starting to ex start explore this themselves a little earlier or just actually just wants to learn about it just because they're curious even if it's not a a personal exploration if there's one or two or three resources online or elsewhere that sort of you'd really suggest for someone who wants to learn more yeah i i think if you live in a major city in the united states there's there's lgbtq centers that have a lot of resources and i i wish i had gone to those in the first place uh because i felt my exploration of sexuality or sexual orientation was a little more closeted shamed like shameful you know i wasn't really open about it and so with gender i wanted to be more intentional and thoughtful about how i was doing things um i i worked uh with a, a great gender coach uh in the bay area named alex morgan um and that that really helped me gauge where i was at 
go through a few exercises, connect me with other resources that were helpful. A friend uh, started a website called fluidity.love mm. to, to highlight people in, in the world who are uh, stepping into an expression of fluidity. And yeah, Reddit, uh, there's a lot of subreddits that are really supportive. What else? Can you think of any subreddits off the top of your head? Uh, I'm, I'm blanking, but if, if you search the thing that's on your mind, you can usually find it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it's a yeah. subreddit for everything. <laughs> there's also there's some queer dating apps out there. And I, I, I know a lot of people in the queer community use those apps, not just for romance or dates, but also to, to meet people, mm. uh, to, to create real connections and friendships. Community. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on our show. I, I think, you know, per your earlier point, um, it's really important that, that more people are talking about this, that this is modeled for more people, um, and seen as, you know, something that actually exists and something you can explore. And, um, I'm really grateful that you took some time out of your day to talk about this and, and have this awesome, fascinating conversation with us. Um, and I hope you keep talking about it you keep sharing and keep opening about it awesome thanks guys this was an awesome opportunity yeah. and yeah well uh looking forward to hanging you guys are great yeah <laughs> sure yeah it's really really brave of you to do it for a for a public audience too i really appreciate that mm. yeah thank, thank you. you and uh ava where can listeners keep up with you online if they want to you know maybe read some of your writing or learn more about your company oh yeah so i am on twitter the current handle is Andrew Dunn with two A's. Andrew Dunn. Might have to change that soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I you know, share outbursts of insight and whatever there. And yeah, I'm in the Bay Area bopping around. If anyone wants to host me on the couch for a few days in an extra bedroom. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, we'd love, to, we'd love to chat with anybody really. Um, exchange stories and help connect people with what they're looking for. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, you can find all episodes of guys with feelings at guyswithfeelings.co. Shoot us an email at guyswithfeelingsshow at gmail.com. Music for the podcast is by broke for free. And if you're feeling generous or not, leave us a review on the iTunes store. That'll do it for this episode. Until next time, we hope everyone out there is able to embrace the lows, celebrate the highs, and appreciate the messy journey in between. We'll see you guys next time. Later. Peace. Peace.